Mate, I haven't, I haven't fucking spoken to anyone in about a year, so... <laughs> I've forgotten how to speak in a public situation, yeah. Turned into a fucking weirdo. <laughs> If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! As you know from the intro you've just heard that I forget about every week, you are listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And while I still Uh. worry about the weather, we're about to head back to youth in retrospect over the last 10 years. See, the thing is with that one, <laughs> it's so wordy, it's so wordy that people are going to go, has, has he lost his mind? Like, rather than it being song titles. Um, but yes, if you're new to this podcast, um, that was Morgan doing puns based on this week's <laughs> guest. And this week's guest on episode 154 is the absolutely beautiful voiced, beautiful faced and beautiful souled James Vec Gilardi of Defavana. Yes, but not only that, this is a very special edition of Sapnin Podcast because this week marks a 10th year anniversary of the release of Death of Honor's second full-length and breakthrough record, Fools and Worthless Liars. On November the 7th, 2011, it saw the band's career change, cementing themselves as one of the best storytelling artists around and shaping the next chapters of their careers for the last decade and as someone who grew up in that famous 2010s uk art scene i've met so many people who have connected with this record including myself so had to invite james on to help celebrate and reminisce it and i'm sure it's quite a cool experience for you sean because being around james and death of honor a lot around that time you've seen them grow for many years into the band they've become today Yes, yes, it was an amazing time back then, but the fact that we are reminiscing 10 years later makes me feel like an ancient bitch. But yes, it was amazing at the time. This was their change of sound, I guess. This was the end of their Screamo post hardcore sounds, and when they went a bit more... Um, how, do, how, how do we describe it? Emo, rock... Uh, folk, well, they just changed, they they just flipped the whole fucking script. And um, yeah, as you're about to hear, 
it was a mad time for them and uh yeah it's been it was always amazing to watch them grow they um yeah they absolutely smashed it with that album and i am fucking christmas happy that we managed to get james <laughs> for this episode because the stories he tells and some of the information he now tells us about how he is and what he's doing yeah makes my fucking heart glow because Literally. um yeah glad to see him fucking doing well and yeah laughing and yeah i love yeah, it i love him course. i love them yes and in this episode we're gonna dissect everything about fools and worthless liars from their jumping sound to the hangover of friends like these to famous sarcastic lyrics the legacy of some of their fan favorites wild touring experiences from this cycle and even a little guest appearance from his dog and a really really <laughs> personal update on James's life. So it's all going on. There's so much detail in this episode. If you're a Death of Honor fan, I think this is going to mean a little bit extra to you. And if you're not, you're about to experience some even more stories behind a wonderful, wonderful band. Yes. Um, thank you very much to James for coming on. I went directly to him to ask him to do this. And um, he said yes, but I had to find his number first because he's changed his number and stuff since. <laughs> so I was like, oh, here we go. Is it? I thought he just got rid of it or he might have blocked me. But then uh, I had my brother on the case and he couldn't get over him and <laughs> a couple of other people. So, yeah, it was good to get James on. It was fucking great to see him. I hope I get to see him in the flesh soon because I would love to give him a massive, massive big hug. But, uh, yes, there's a lot of news and uh, secrets and facts about uh, Fools and Worthless Liars and what is next for the guys as well. So, yes, if you're a Def Havana fan, you're going to love this. If you're not a Def Havana fan, this is a very, very funny conversation and heartfelt conversation and at some point sad conversation as well. So we've, I think we've managed nearly every emotion in this, uh, <laughs> in this one. For the listeners at home, write down all the emotions you go through <laughs> during tick this episode. Yeah, and then send off. us a message at Sapminpod on Twitter and Instagram. You have turned into the fucking Segway King. <laughs> yes! Get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at Sapminpod. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. At S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. Please. Um, yes, very clever. That was more. I like yeah, that. I was very, very proud of that. But also make sure to go and check out our Patreon page, patreon.com oh, forward slash sapnin. If you've listened to this a lot, you obviously heard us talking about it before, but we need to keep mentioning it because it means the absolute world and helps us more than we can ever put into words. So if you want to experience our wonderful Patreon community of amazing people getting together, going to gigs, organizing things, and just some bonus content in between from us to schmucks, patreon.com forward slash sapnin is the best place to be and the best way to support us. Yes, good use of schmucks it as well. Morg, um, I like that. Uh, yes, as he said, patreon.com for slash happening. It keeps this fucking podcast going. So, uh, yes, thank you very much. So with, without any further ado, let's go straight into this wonderful conversation with the awesome human that is James from Death Havana. Fools and worthless liars, 10 years old, and we're about to celebrate it in style. James, I love you. Thank you very much. Sapnin! Sapnin! Hey. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Sapnin! 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 Yay! Yay! There it is, and with a slight Welsh tinge as well. I like that very, very much. Always. This week's guest is the absolutely beautiful James <laughs> Vec Galodi of Def Havana and just being himself fame. How are you, James? <laughs> I'm all right, thanks, mate. I'm all right. I'm, I mean, as good as I can be. Still fucking trying to navigate what's going on in the world mm, but I'm yeah. Right. yeah it's been a <laughs> mental, um it's been a mental 18 months two years really haven't it yeah, yeah. um yeah we're all right i think well i can't i can't talk for morgan morgan how are you yeah well we are we're keeping busy we're trying to do this podcast thing but man james really appreciate you coming back on the podcast it's been a while no worries. As, you, as you said it's been, it's been a crazy 18 months and, and, and whatnot but you've been very quiet online really on social media and all that kind of stuff as well so how, how have you been over this time really um i've been pretty good well started off very bad and then and now i'm pretty pretty good um yeah i haven't been on social i don't have social media anymore i don't I just, i've literally just been hiding away to be honest but i've i've stopped drink. i stopped drinking seven months ago which is really oh, good nice. for me anyway because congratulations because, yeah. congratulations thank you very yeah, much massive congrats yeah Thank you. I mean, it's been a long time coming because you know I'm fucking like normally. <laughs> but I, it just it just reached a point where it was like, okay, you're either going to die and ruin every relationship and just connection you have in life or you can do this. So yeah, it's pretty, that, that's been the biggest thing for me. But yeah, I, I think in terms of like health, it's been a big thing. So I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Nice. I'm nice. bored of this shit now. I'm bored of, <laughs> I'm bored of not being able to do what I want. I mean, it's getting better in it, but who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, fingers. Yeah, fingers crossed. Getting better. Well, yeah. No, touching on that. Um, yeah, sorry to bring it up, but was it was it a, was it a moment where you were like, right, this is this has gone too far with the drinking? Like, were you naked in the street? Were you uh, <laughs> being sick in a bucket? 
Um, I mean, I, I've done all of those things many times. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we, we all have. Be, we all have. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just part and parcel of being on tour in a band, isn't it? But um, I don't know. There was loads of shit, really. Like 2000, the end of two, just before COVID, I got the worst I'd ever been. Like I was just doing shit as a drugs and uh, which I've, I've, I've been doing over the years anyway. Like it's not a secret. I don't, that's one thing I've never, I've never really tried to hide the fact that I just, anything anyone gives me, I'll just shove it in my mouth and whatever, <laughs> see what happens. But um, yeah, I, so to the end of 2019 was getting, was really bad. And like, I was falling out with people falling out with like, well, everyone really like it, was, it got really bad. Then I sort of managed to get a little bit better. And then to, over Christmas, just gone, not just gone, but like the last Christmas and then the start of the start of this year, it just, it just, I, I think I just, cause I was actively trying before that to, to, to rein it in a bit. I just was like, fuck it. And I just went mental and yeah, it was just, it just got to the point where I was blacking out after like four or five drinks. Like it didn't take, it didn't take anything anymore. I was just shutting my brain off and I loved it. And it was just like, I could just, everything was just falling apart and it, and it has been for years. But when you, when you're constantly on tour and you're away from your like wife and stuff, you can kind of, you can kind of hide it. Cause they don't see them as long as you sort of behave when you're at home and you kind of pretend like you're not that bad when you're away, you can do what you fucking want. Like it doesn't matter if you don't, if you phone, like you just say, going on stage now, I'll speak to you tomorrow. And then that gives you from, I don't know, 8 PM until whenever the next day to just do what you want. And that's, that's normal. So you, you, you can kind of hide it, but it was just getting to the point where I was like, I, sh- I was like shaking. I mean, I'm surprised I haven't actually been for a health checkup, but I'm surprised like nothing happened. Cause it was, I was like probably 10 years of going hard every day. But yeah, I just sort of reached a point where everything, I could just see everything falling apart and loads of stuff already had fallen apart. So I just, I, I managed to get like, I, the way I managed to do it was through AA because I just like, I, I couldn't do it on my own. Like there's no way you give, you give me a choice between drinking and not drinking. And I'm always going to choose drinking. But if there's some other people like being like, okay, before you, before you do that, give me a ring and I might be able to dissuade you from doing it. So yeah, that worked for me. And, and it, it's pretty boring. I'm not going to lie because I've seen the, uh, I've, I've seen the, like the light. I know how fun it can be to be fucked all the time. So it's kind of the days are long and, you have to fill them. I mean, then you guys know probably, but yeah, it's. I, I don't want to talk about myself too much, but that, that's, <laughs> that's for the last for the for the the majority of this year. That's mainly what I've been focusing on because it's took a bit of an effort. You say you don't want to talk. You say you don't want to talk about yourself, but like, if there's somebody listening now who's literally going through that same thing, yeah, they're gonna hear this, and God knows that you are a hero to so many people, um, whether you like it or not. And uh, yeah, this could this could this could be a big moment for them. So yeah, no, it's a, it's amazing to you. It's amazing to you, and especially especially you know that you were brave enough to get help as well. Because yeah, there's been times when I've been uh, I've been a bit lost, and I've been like, oh, I don't know if I could do help or whatever. But um, no, yeah, yeah. fairly do. It's that's fucking that's amazing, yeah. brother. That's all, honestly genuinely fucking. It's made me well, really happy actually. <laughs> but, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. Is there is there anything else you've been using to kind of fill those days where all like heroin? Of- <laughs> <laughs> the alcohol's under control. But I've got a terrible heroin habit. No, no, uh, just just trying uh, to keep. I don't know, like avoiding certain situations. So like, it's 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 obvious, isn't it? Like I'm seven months in now, so I'm kind. I'm I'm a bit better. I'm a bit more. 
Like I can kind of deal with, not deal with, it's still hard. I can still, mm. like every time my, my missus has a glass of wine or something, like I want, I do want to grab it and drink it. That's probably never going to go away. But I just now have the, the ability to stop and be like, before all I would do was just think about that exact moment then and think this is going to make me feel good. But now I have the ability to stop and think, how's that going to affect me in tw- 12 hours? How's it going to affect me in two weeks? You know? So yeah, that's the main thing. But um, in terms of like being bit, like I'm just trying to keep a little bit busy, just even if it's like, like I started boxing, uh, oh, I've nice. got a dog. So I just, I just look after him loads. Yeah. Like, it's, nice. like a, it's like a child. Yeah. Oh, for um, sure. Well, for sure. Well, yeah, no, I was going to say, you're looking, you're looking better, you're looking trim, and I see you've got a full reptile top on, so I thought there's some sort of MMA sort of fighting <laughs> coming out. So, how's the boxing going? It's good, man. It's good fun. It's nice. Good, uh, anybody, um, you going to challenge anybody in the rock world to a fight? <laughs> uh, look, let, give me, let me get a bit more practice on the belt, and then I'll, yeah. I'll do it. Right. Right. If you need a manager, <laughs> if you need a manager, I'm on it. <laughs> All right, fuck yeah! Oh, starting starting <laughs> wars, starting wars already. But no, man, it's really it's really nice to see how uh, how happy you are and healthy and that Thank you've you. been uh, been dealing with all that. But let's get to the reason why we're here and why we wanted to do this episode because this week actually marks a tenth year anniversary of your <laughs> record, Fools and Worthless Liars. So on the seventh wow. of November, twenty eleven, you released your second studio album. And for me, I think a record that really shaped the band's kind of career and everything going forward. Um, we're going to dissect so many elements of this record in particular. But just to start, what's some of your earliest memories getting into that cycle, that time period, and just getting that album out? Um, I th- the main thing for me was how uncomfortable I felt. Because like you guys know, because you've been like, we've been mates for ages and I'm sure you're aware of what we were doing before that. You remember like Ryan used to scream in our band. I never used to be the front man. I never wanted to be. I still am a reluctant front man. Like I, I love, my first love was guitar and just, I just wanted to be like John Frusciante from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Just hang back, <laughs> let some arrogant cunt be the front man. And I'll just, I'll be, I'll be the secretly talented one in the background. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, that's the complete it was, it was, opposite of our, yeah, yeah, that's the complete opposite of how I went to being in a band. <laughs> I was like, I'm having a fuck with no talent. Is there any chance I can get five people who can just go, quick, you guys, do impressive noise, and I'll just yell and have people look at me. Yeah, if you're ever, if you're ever like, do you know what, I want to take a step back and let an arrogant cunt turn up. There we go. I'm ready whenever, I'm ready whenever. Look, glass jaw covers band. Let's do oh, it. Oh, <laughs> I am in, I am sold. Well, I'm kind of in one of them at the moment as it is, but... Um, they're not straight covers at the moment, but yeah, sorry, I do really do. No, it's all good. But yeah, I, I remember the main thing was just feeling uncomfortable because I'd never, I'd never been, I, I actually don't know if, I think we'd only played a few shows. Oh no, we had played, we had played. We play, I think we did a, one tour without the album being out. I mean, like one headline tour as me as a front man. And it was weird because like, we didn't, people came to see us, but they didn't really, they all just wanted like the scream. They wanted friends like these and all that stuff. And like, we pl- obviously we played those songs because we only had like one song, which I'd written, but it was weird. Cause I had to like re re imagine all the songs. And it was, it was, I don't know. I just remember it being, I watched a video not too long ago from that tour. And there's like, I didn't know what to say in between songs. Like on stage, I was like, I just kept going like, eh, anyway, like I just didn't, I just, just didn't know what to do. It was weird. So the main thing around then was just like 
f- trying to figure out how to do it and what to do because I just had no fucking idea. I, at, the, at that time, I'd just moved to London. I was living in a, f- oh no, hang on, when was it? 2011. I'd lived in London for a couple of years. Uh, but I was living in like a flat with my girlfriend at the time in North London. I was just, I wrote all those songs for that, just like, I don't know, just in and around the flat. Like, I don't even think I had a, a phone that was capable of recording voice notes. So I think I was just memorizing it. I, I, I didn't have a computer. I didn't have any way to record demos. And then I remember like me and Tom Ogden went and stayed at my grandparents' house for like five days and just wrote a couple of songs and he, he could sort of record. So we just had like shit demos of them. But it was just, I, it was, I was obviously like being 20. I was 20 when we re- wrote it and recorded it. And like, I, I just didn't have any expectations really. Like it, was, it was just fun. It was just, although it was daunting, trying, like going in and being a front man, even though I didn't know how far it would go at that point, it was, it was kind of just like, we were just like, Meh, whatever. If this happens, it happens. There was no like, we almost got another singer. We, we were, cause I love heavy music. I lo- and I, like I said, I don't want to be the front man. I wanted it to be a punk band. I wanted it to keep going and be like a, I don't know. Every time I die, covers back like rip off. You know what I mean? But um, we were this close to get like we took promo photos with our friend Max, who who filled in for a while. We took promo photos with him and stuff, and we were like, "This is it. This is going to be the band." And then the last minute decision, we were like, "Should we should we try and actually make a career out of this?" And maybe like we were like, maybe people won't like screaming in five years' time, but I'm pretty sure they'll still like songs that are sung on an acoustic guitar so we just kind of it was a little bit of a conscious decision but we were also caught up and drunk and just didn't we didn't really care that much it was just I don't know that was a really long winded way of me saying the main thing I remember is just feeling a bit like I have no yeah. idea what I'm doing <laughs> yeah but it, it must have been <laughs> such a weird period of like of the band's lifespan at, at that time because for those two records do have a massive departure, as you said. You've gone from doing that kind of two-vocalist post-hardcore thing that was yeah. very popular in the early 2010s and and all that to kind of a more melodic, storytelling, acoustic-based kind of band. So from that, did it, did it feel like starting fresh? Did you feel that having already done an album cycle before that you could kind of carry on from that? Like, mindset-wise, where, where were you? Um, so mindset wise, I think we, w- I, w- I wanted it to feel like it was fresh because I was like, we can start again. We should have just changed the name. I don't, there's so, been so many points in this band where we should have changed the name because it was just a, because obviously with, with it, with, when you've already established something that has its own identity, if you keep that name, people are always going to establish, uh, sorry, associate it with what it was before. So we should have just changed the name because although it did feel like a, a new, project i guess there was still people every night just standing there standing there and then as soon as we played friends like these they were like so it was like people still just it wasn't many people because like hardly anyone was coming to see us back then but it was well and now to be honest but it was it was it was kind of yeah it was i just remember feeling it was just disheartening sometimes because people still wanted to see us as that heavy band and the first track on the on fools is an acoustic song which we were playing live and they were like what the fuck is this and looking back on it now like I, it was it was quite a departure because I, 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 in my head it, everything always makes sense the one thing we've always got is you just every album sounds different and in my head it all makes sense because there's a transition period that no one else sees where i'm like oh i explain it to myself but to go between like <laughs> f- friends like these and heavier songs to 
the past six years is is a bit weird. But <laughs> I don't know. I guess I guess I guess we didn't really think about it properly. No, as uh, has been the case for everything. No, I get I, I get the uh, I get the disheartening bit where you have just kids just wanting old songs, but that's, that's I guess that's a test. Yes, yeah, and it's a testament to like when they fell in love with you as well. I guess it's yeah. like it it sends. Because, yeah, for years, I was like, fuck this shit. We're not playing any fuck it. The Black Ops not playing any old songs. You go, fuck yeah. up. Like, people were asking for, like, there's an old song called Go Burn City Hall, which is literally just, we had bits that were in the same key. And we were like, put them together. That's a oh, fucking yeah. song. Yeah. And people were like, that's really good. And if you listen to it now, it's fucking dreadful. But for some pe- <laughs> for some reason, people fucking love it because it reminds them of, like, when they found it or whatever. Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. And, and, and yeah, just sometimes, yeah, I, I completely get the disheart. Like, when you're looking out on stage and you're like, yes, here's a new song. And they're like, ha-ha, but I want the old crapper stuff that you didn't spend <laughs> as long working on. <laughs> you oh, bastards. Oh, fucking hell. The, the, the crowd came with you, though. I think they did make that transition with you. And then you, yeah, well, after that, I think after this record, you got bigger than ever. I did. It was off the back of this, I think, wasn't it? I think it must have been off that the back of that because, like, I don't know. Maybe if we'd have kept going down the route we were going, we probably would have. Well, I don't know. Like, we probably would have. I know I would have got bored fairly quickly after that, so I don't think we would have continued under this name or doing that kind of music because I would have. I'd have probably had one more album like that in me before I was like, I kind of don't like every time I die anymore. That was a phase. <laughs> But I, I don't know, like, it must, It was definitely the start. It was the thing that got a lot of people into our band. Yeah. Have you heard the new latest Every Time I Die record, though? No, but everyone says it's good. It it's is. called Radical, and they've named it Spot On. <laughs> so, uh, fairly tough, fairly tough. Oh, I do still man. like it. I do still like Every Time I Die. I didn't, I didn't go off. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just, just, just in case Keith is listening, because he's a massive fan of Sapling, he's got a big tattoo across his back, apparently, <laughs> so... Uh, Fair play, sorry about that Keith. yeah we all love uh, it we all love it but it's interesting you talked about that kind of struggle because i really wanted to get into kind of some of the lyrical themes of this record as well because for me and i think what connected a lot of listeners to these songs is you kind of had this kind of sarcastic approach to a lot of things and opening up more about storytelling and looking at kind of your youth and nostalgia and stuff like that so could you really just tell us when getting down to write the lyrics was it a kind of you not really caring what too much if anyone's offended by what you're saying or was it just trying to get all your thoughts out there i mean as you said you were still pretty young at the time yeah um well it was a lot of it was i didn't really it's not that i didn't care what anyone thought i just didn't think about it i wasn't i was just writing what came to my head like you gotta understand i spent my entire life growing up in the middle of nowhere like I moved around loads when I was a kid and then we settled in Norfolk of all places when I was like 11 and I just never I'd never lived anywhere I'd never lived in a village let alone a, let alone a city and then when I was 19 I moved to London and it just gave me like I just developed horrendous anxiety which I probably already had I just didn't realize so the the, the main record is the bulk, a lot of the record is about that like a lot of it's about like hating London I guess and just feeling stuck and trapped but yeah I, I i definitely it wasn't that i was like fuck everyone i don't care what they think it was more like i just didn't even i'd never i'd only ever written one song lyrically i think before that that we'd used which was i think it's called another day in this house on that previous album that was the only one i'd ever written lyrically because i used to do the music ryan used to do the, the, the lyrics um 
So I just didn't really know. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just, I was just writing like, I had this little shitty book. I was just writing like, I just thought they were like poems. They weren't really, I didn't have, I didn't really have an idea as to where they were going, but they just, I don't know. It kind of happened pretty, like I, I had the lyrics before I had the, the music a lot of the time. Well, when did you realize through the recording process that you were like, oh, this is, this is cool. This might work. Did that, um, do you ever get that? I can't really remember. I think, so we recorded it with our mate, Matt O'Grady. And like, we just, it was totally just, we just stayed, slept on his floor in his little studio. We didn't, it was, it was so like budget. We didn't, we didn't really, it was just quite last minute. And it was only me and Tom, like Chris and Lee never came to the studio because they had full-time jobs at the time. So the whole thing is me and Tom. We never played any of the songs live. We never rehearsed any of the songs as a band. So it was, it was a lot of, it was just like, I'd be playing guitar and singing and Tom would just be playing the drums in another room <laughs> to that. <laughs> so we were kind of, it was so, it was so like, just bodge, I guess. Like we didn't, we, it was, so, although it was recorded like properly, like Matt has a good, like he was a, he's an actual engineer. Yeah. The yeah. way we did it was so just like, like we didn't use, we didn't even know, we made everything up as we went along. Like we didn't have set out parts. We just, I had chords and vocals. That was it. Everything else we just made up. Wow. Um, and then like, so we, we thought we'd finished the album and then in the period between like getting all the stuff sorted and finishing recording, sorry, the other way around, finishing recording and getting it all sorted. I wrote Hans and Peer and Anemophobia, which are like two of my best, two of the best songs on there, I think, or two mm. of my favorite songs on there. And I was like, shit, we need to, we need to put these in the album. <laughs> and like, I did, like I said before, I didn't have demo. I couldn't demo. So I just had, there was in my head. So I had to explain to Tom how to play the drums before he'd ever heard anything. So like, I remember him, we, we just picked a tempo and he knew, and he wrote on a bit of paper, like the structure of the song. And I was like sitting through a glass wall, air drumming the drums. And he was basically just copying me. And then after a while he got it and like, but it was so backwards. Like it was so, and we rec- I swear we recorded the drums to those two songs in like a school. Like it was so <laughs> fucking weird. It was so weird. It was just all just, we just didn't really, we were, just, we were quite young. We didn't really know what we were doing. And we were like, fuck it, let's just, we yeah. was up for anything at that point. W- did Matt, um, did Matt have any um, say in it or was he just basically um, a great engineer? No, he de- he definitely, Matt helps a lot. Like he played guitar on some of the songs. Oh, nice. Mainly because I, mainly because I can be bothered. Or <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I was going to the pub. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, like he, him and I were really, I haven't spoken to him in years, but him and I were really close back then. And we used to, so he had a, quite a lot to do with it. He, like he, not in terms of like lyrics and stuff, but he definitely helps with melodies and a lot of the harmonies and stuff he was, he works out. So it's pretty, pretty combined effort. Nice. nice. Yeah, he was, because nice, he was, he was working in Outdoust for years, wasn't he, with um, John yeah, Mitchell? Yeah, John Mitchell, yeah. 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 I hope he's all right. Yeah, I haven't spoke to Matt for a while. I think he's all right. I know Tom, Tom keeps in touch with him, I think. Nice. Nice. I'm going to write his name down. (laughs) (laughs) But but speaking of those kind of tracks in particular, I think there's a lot from this record that kind of became a staple for Death of Arna's set list to come for years. And even if you played somewhere and there's one of these songs weren't on the set list, you get someone complaining about it, as is the life as a band with loads of albums. But especially that kind of I'm a bore this past six years, Pia, everything you mentioned, and, and those lyrics of kind of like worried about the weather, wishing you were Kirk or being a Morrissey, those have always been kind of 
connected to the band for ages and and i think that gets referenced a lot from your fan base is there any of those lines in particular that come out uh, that come to mind when you think about that or any you've noticed that really resonated with people a bit more i think just as a whole anemophobia is the one that just everyone always comes back to and like i think because it is pure i wrote that song after playing slam dunk one year i mean it must have been the year that we were writing the record and i it was probably the first really bad hangover come down that I had because it lasted like a week. I thought I was going to die. So I just wrote that. That song is just probably the first thing I wrote about pure anxiety and depression. And I guess it just, because it's so, I didn't vet it. I didn't like go back and and uh, think, maybe I shouldn't say that. I just fucking did it. And the, f- the, the vocals on the record, that's the first time I ever sang it out loud. I, ne- wow. I never sang it. I'd, I just wrote it in, I just wrote it like in a, on a bit of paper to acoustic guitar and I probably sang it like about like just to myself in a flat with neighbors and people living in the flat so I couldn't be loud and if, and we kept like I say 95% of the vocals from the first take are that take awesome. cuz I was wow. fucked as well at the time like I couldn't I was fucked my voice was I couldn't sing or do anything like I had no energy I was dead and so we literally did like one or two takes and that that's it so that's the first so I think you can hear like how it's like desperation, really, because I, I sound it sounds pathetic and like over the top at the moment. Like when I think back on it, but at that time I was like, I think I'm going to die. I gen- that was the first time I genuinely believed I was going to die. So I think it it just sounds desperate, and a lot of people relate to that because I guess it's just it's just it's just raw, isn't it? Without I hate that term, but it is just it's just honesty. Well, yeah, I guess. it's it's something the majority of us have all been through. Is like the fucking you know, anxiety, we've all been in awful fucking places and yeah, it's just, it'll just resonate with people and it did, well, it did, it very much did and it's probably, yeah, it still does to this day with a lot of people, well, I'd imagine. Well, yeah, we, yeah, we, have, so. a, we have a lot of uh, diehard Death of Honor fans in our Patreon community and um, they always mention these kind of songs in particular. So it, might, it must be so nice to see that even 10 years after writing these as a young, as a young kid, really, that people are still connecting to them to this day. Yeah, def- I mean, it's it's pretty cool. Like, that's why over the years we've... Sorry, can you hear my dog scratching at the door? <laughs> I'm, I'm let, I'll let him in. <laughs> oh, I was hoping you had a new... You, you had a new metal DJ demoing in the background. That's what I thought that was. I was like, oh, this new Jeff Havana stuff. <laughs> I wish. Um, yeah, like, that, that's why we've done, like... Particularly that song, we've done, we've done a few different versions of it over the years. Just so we can always include, I think we've only played a couple of tours where we didn't play it. So just to save us from getting bored and hating it, we've done a few different versions over the years. So yeah, it's pretty cool that people still, I mean, even I still resonate. I, I don't necessarily like the, the song on record. Like I don't, I don't, cause it was rushed. I don't think that's the best way it could have. That's not the best. It could have ended up as a better song. Like maybe right. it's just a bit weird. It's a bit like some of the drums are a bit crap. Like, my writing of the drums are a bit crap. I don't like, I don't know. Just, it could have been better. It could have had more emotion behind it, but I think it did what it was supposed to do. Hmm. Nice. Well, have you ever, um, yeah. Have you ever written a song and you're like, cause I know, I know what you feel about stuff. Like I like, I can't listen back to pretty much any recording of my voice yeah, is on. I'm exactly. like, Oh, yeah, this shit. Uh, <laughs> thanks James oh, oh no you were on about you as alright <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. no you're right Sean you shouldn't listen back it's fucking <laughs> I would never say but that yeah, 
Yeah. Is, <laughs> is there anything... Is, is there a song in the death of Anna Catlock that you're 100% happy with and wouldn't change a single thing about? Oh, fuck me. Because um, I don't know if that's the case for any for most artists. Artists. I can't believe I said artists for a start. Um, <laughs> it, yeah. Just in general or off that record? Uh, uh, oh, both. Yeah, both, maybe. It, yeah, yeah, both. Yeah, in general, I guess. Because, yeah, like I've never been happy with a song that we've put out. And they've always feel like... I always feel like, oh, I could have gone in and added something or taken exactly, something yeah. out. Or, yeah, so have you ever think you've got a complete finished um, one? I guess what's the most what's the most proudest song uh, or the most proud you've been of one of your songs, I guess, is probably a better version of that fucking um, question. I, I love the last track on Old Souls, Carapadre. I love that. But I, again, like, I don't think it's recorded perfectly. Like, I think we could have done it differently. But I love that song. Um, off Fools and Earth's Liars maybe I quite like Hans Stanton I mean it's a bit cheesy but Hans Stanton Peer does something to me that the other songs don't I think it's because it's just really nostalgic for me I guess for anyone that listens to it and and connects with it I think yeah like I I mean obviously like I hate listening to my own voice and I hate the recording could be better and just everything could be better but I think in terms of a song like I like I like Hans Stanton Peer Hmm. lyrically and stuff yeah yeah so there's so there are many other people but but with fools it starts with obviously this past six years and i think that has become such a cult classic song for death of fans um over the years as well but speaking of those kind of lyric reference we've mentioned i did want to bring up the one line that kind of refers to kind of maybe jealousy or frustration at the time to uh, the guys from yeah. the Lord of Atlantis and Young Guns who were doing a, a lot of lot of things and you were kind of yeah. just behind them. Obviously, it's ironic that this album then got you to be at that same level and those places and touring, doing all these amazing things. But at the at the time, what was the reaction for, for that line in particular? Did you have to explain it to the guys? Did, was there any kind of <laughs> weird thing online, people trying to work out who you're actually on about? I can't really remember, but I, I remember talking to, to the guys that I referenced because they were like our two best. They might have been the only bands that we properly toured with at the time, like Younger. And they still are good friends of mine. Young Guns and Lot the Lanterns were two, the two people that we were friends with. And they seemed to, it was just that point where everything, I can't remember what was happening, but I think Young Guns were getting like good tours. They, and back then, like if you got, like if you got main stage Reading and Leeds, we were like, what the fuck? Like mm. If someone we knew got that. And I remember Young Guns got Young Guns got that. They had a song on Radio One. They'd already been to America. Lower than Atlantis had sh- like a song on Radio One pretty much every day. Can't even remember what song it was. But it was, I was just like, fuck. It. I just I, I've always been fairly like bitter and jealous, and I'm not, I'm not very good at showing appreciation to to other people that get stuff that I don't. I just feel like I, I've got like low self worth, high ego. So I, I think I deserve stuff, but I, but I fucking hate myself. So that's, yeah, it's, brilliant. it's pretty weird. Yeah, snap. But I mean, I think yeah, a couple of people asked what that was about, but it was it wasn't meant in like a vicious no. way. It was just no, it was kind of just that song's kind of just a joke anyway. Like the lyrics are pretty funny. Mm. Yeah, but I think it's, it has stuck with people a lot over the years and one thing that a kind of theme we've had talking to people um especially around that kind of uk alternative seeing at that time on the podcast is about a certain track that fans love and it's become a cock classic but never was really released as a single or anything like that so Mm. 
when uh, our first guest was uh, Alan Phillips and Kissing Glass Houses, and we talked about their track Sunshine. Uh, we had Sam um, McTrusty from Twin Atlantic on recently, and he was talking about their track Crash Land. And both of those are kind of seeing uh, the way I look at the past six, these past six years as being that kind of song for Death of Honor fans that maybe they have to find a little bit harder because it's not just accompanied by a music video or with yeah. it being on Kerrang! or Skirts or anything like that. Is there any track from Falls that stand out like that for you that you feel, oh, that is the song for Death of Armour fans that they own a little bit more than the casual listener? Um, let me, I just, I'm just getting out the track list. <laughs> I, can't, I can't fucking remember. I, I, I mean, that one's pretty... That one's pretty good for that purpose. Like, I, again, I would say if we're, t- if we're talking about a song that, like, sums us up, it, it, it would be Handstand and Pib, but we released that as a single. We had a video for it. Like, that was a pretty, that was an obvious one. Um, I mean, I think one that slips under the radar that no one really notices is the second track, Youth in Retrospect. Like, that was, that's one of my favorite tracks off there. Just because I, f- I, I really like the lyrics and I really, I don't know. I think if you get it, you get it. But, I don't know. There's a few on there that. Sorry, w- did you ask one that like it wasn't obvious, but I think sort of yeah, it's like a quite fan, important. Fa- yeah, a fan. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I don't know if it's a fan favorite, but the one that's called "Things Change, Friends Leave, and Time." I can't remember what the fucking full title. Can't remember what the full title is, but it's <laughs> but it's it's the track before "Leeches." Yeah. Um. It it that's that's about Ryan. It oh, well. wasn't our band. I don't know if anyone ever like the li- the lyrics to that. I think are pretty good. Like I just I just don't know if anyone. I don't even know if people because I don't know if people listen to albums or maybe they did back then. But some of these songs, I reckon people haven't even properly listened to. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I get that feeling. But no, I bet no, they're bound to have people. Are fucking people are obsessed with you. So there's no people are fucking love it. Like so, yeah. Um, but, um actually. One that we didn't release as a single, but always got like a massive thing live was track three. I will try like people. Mm. I don't know. Wh- I don't know why they latched onto that one. Maybe because it's got like a stupid chant at the beginning. But <laughs> they, that that one was big and we never released that as a single. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's, as I've mentioned, it seems that there's so many tracks on this album that really had that, that connection with people as well. But what I found interesting was around that time, because it, it be- became such a busy period for you. And I think you kind of toured off this for quite a few years and we'll get to some of the mad tours you got on it in just a little bit, but you actually went back and recorded a reimagined version (laughs) of the album. Um, Some of the tracks sound completely, obviously all sounding really completely different from another. Some that you wouldn't have thought they would have gone the other way. Um, What was the mindset around that? Was it just because you'd played all these songs for so long at the time that you wanted to kind of give them a new lease of life? Or was there kind of that thought of after having them in the bag for so long that maybe there's other ways you could have done stuff. Yeah, it was exactly that. It was, it was, so what typically, I guess, well, for most people, when, when you record an album, you, you normally like played it live or in rehearsal. We hadn't, we'd never played those songs together. So I, I don't think we ever played any of those songs or maybe little white lies. Actually we played on a tour. I can't remember what it was called. It had a different name. But other than that, we had never played any of the songs before, I don't think. So as we released the album and as we were playing the songs, I was like, fuck, I wish I did that. I wish I did that. So we just kind of, yeah, that was, that, that was all it was. It was just because there was, there's loads of, a song 
is just an idea, isn't it? There's so many different ways it could end up. So I just kind of wanted to explore some of the different ways that, that they could have ended up. And I actually prefer 90% of the re- the alternative versions. Nah, not 90%. I don't know, 70%. <laughs> 70%. <laughs> some of the shit. Yeah, well, well oh, with our writing technique that you said, where you just like wrote it and recorded it without playing it, when it came to playing it then or playing it live, was there any bits that were too complicated or bits that you were like, I wish I'd made this easier? Yeah, a lot. Not necessarily like, because we never really write anything techy or complicated. <coughs> Excuse me. But a lot of them were too high. Like, I just couldn't sing them. Well, I could, but I couldn't sing them every night on tour for two weeks, three weeks. So like Little White Lies, we always play a step down. Um, yeah, there's a, f- a few of them. Yeah, I think I actually think that was the main thing. Like a lot of them were too high. Nemophobia. I can weirdly I can sing high higher now than I could. There was a period between like age twenty three and twenty eight where I just couldn't sing anything high. But then I, I I don't know maybe I just got a bit better and now I can sing most of them again. But yeah, the main the main thing was always writing too high. But I'd been doing that for, before. Like friends like these was fucking way too high. Everything every chorus <laughs> on that first album <laughs> is too high. <laughs> so it was just like, if you were, by the end we'd be on a tour and I'd like start first night I'd try and sing him and it'd sound alright second night I'd try and sing him and it'd sound shit third night I'd just do a lower harmony by the end of the tour I was just nah didn't yeah. sing him anymore just, just doing the old nothing uh, yeah doing the old Jesse Lacey from Brand New Technique of just singing any fucking melody you want <laughs> exactly. as long as the words exactly. are right. that's what I was doing <laughs> oh wow oh, oh wow wow well well let's talk about the touring element from this record as well because god it was a mad busy time for you and your your life must have just been getting on and off the tour buses for the round the kind of two years after that and i had a little look earlier and you played with some fucking mad acts that really when you when you think of it just don't go together at that time as well because I believe you were doing tours of the likes of You Me at Six and Feeder did some yeah. shows with Skindred oh, yeah. and Architects and then did your own headliners in between with supports from like Dangerous Summer and having Canterbury on there and stuff with you as well so like yeah, yeah that must have just been crazy not only being on the road so much but just playing in front of different audiences and, and all these bands yeah it was cool it was I mean it was we- I don't know why we. it was weird I, I liked it at the time because I, I I wasn't I didn't like being at home and I didn't really like my girlfriend at the time. Well, I did like her, but I was just bored. I was just I'm a miserable I'm a miserable cunt and like I just I just I just wanted to get drunk and be out all the time. So for me it was cool. I was just like yeah, put on a, put us on as many tours as you want. But um, Skindred, I can't remember how the hell we got that. That was weird. Like we went down and it wasn't in England either. It wasn't in England where people are a bit more open minded. It was in fucking Germany and oh, Poland. Wow. They, they, That's like what, one night we got f- bottles thrown at us. Like it was, it was so shit. They're lovely guys and I really hadn't, I had a cool time because it was one of the first like weird place. Like we went to like uh, Slovakia and like some strange places. Oh, wow. So it was quite how weird. Was I enjoyed yeah, it. How was, how uh, was Slovakia? <laughs> so that was one of the one of the best shows because I feel like nothing goes through there. So they were just right. hanging for yeah, they, yeah, yeah, for sure. There was only like yeah. there wasn't many people there, but they were like they actually they were nice to us and came up afterwards and like bought a t shirt and shit. It was it was that those shit places are the best ones on tours like that. But in Germany, Skindred are quite big. Well, well, they are quite big still. They were quite big, so it was like 
No one gave a fuck about us. <laughs> and not, not only not only did actually no, they did give a fuck about us, but it was negative. They were like actively telling us the wrong, shit. They give the wrong fuck. They give exactly. the wrong the oh. wrong way. But yeah. yeah, they would like come up to us at the like we'd play our show, try not to kill ourselves, and then go to the bar and just get drunk. And people would just you know how honest Germans are. They just come oh, up to us yeah. at the end and be like, "You were pretty shit, yeah." Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you say so, mate. Yeah. Listen so, to me. Uh, I enjoy I enjoyed the fact that you were a performer. But your music, it makes me want to end my life. <laughs> oh, cheers. Thank you very much, you crazy German. Yeah. They, they I, love I, it. What I, yeah, what I found in Germany is the majority of them, they like either weird metal and new metal, right? Yeah. So, like, Skin Dread, awesome, massive over there, new metal, or weird punk and ska. And that seems to be... <laughs> you've got to try and fit somewhere or, in there. Yeah. Otherwise, or, so, or, or David Hasselhoff. Oh, David Hasselhoff. Or David Hasselhoff. David. So, yes, like, yeah. fairly polished singing miserable lyrics with good harmonies is not what they... <laughs> no. They're not, that's not yeah. what they want. An acoustic guitar? Get that out of here. Yeah, We need a full electric right now. Give me a zero one riff, or I'm going. Oh, das is not exactly. good, and I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was fucking weird. Architects tour we got just because we were mates with them, and it was like mm, yeah. they just like they like our, they liked our music, and but I think I they imagine- just. No, I wasn't going to say anything important. I was going to no, no, I was going to say I'd imagine the air crowd though is a bit more receptive though. Than- yeah, that was f- that was actually fine. Yeah, a German new metal crowd is just German new metal. Oh yeah, totally, um, exactly. But yeah, that was actually pretty good because it was it was us, and then it was another guy called Howard who is Tech One. Remember them? Yeah, remember yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was uh, it was us, Tech One, uh, Architects, and Architects had just released that record, The Here and Now, which is like mainly singing anyway. So it was mm. it was actually it's pretty it was pretty fun, and like we're they're really good friends of ours. So it was a good laugh. I enjoyed it. Was there any moments on that um, album cycle where you got to play with somebody that you never thought you would? Or do you remember a moment where you're like, what the fuck? How the fuck is this happening? I can't remember what the London headline show was, but like the London headline show on the tour after that, I was kind of like, when did people start caring? It was only probably like 600 people, but we were st- I was still like, what the fuck? Why are they here to see us? That was mental. Just playing with anyone, really. I, I just, I'm trying to think. We didn't actually tour with any bands that I was like starstruck by, but I think we might have played festivals with them. But I, I, I struggle. It all blurs into one. Man. Actually, we did. We did get Reading after that record, and I wrote that lyric. We got opening main stage Reading. That was fucking mental. That was that was mental for me. That was like I couldn't believe it. That was pr- like now. It's, uh, unfortunately, with age and experience, you just get numb to it which sucks because you do i just like now i'm just like who cares i'm not i'm not i appreciate it but it's back then it was just like how is this happening so yeah that i think reading and leeds were the the massive was massive for me and there must have been a bunch of other festivals and stuff like sonosphere festival we played back in the day fuck off there was loads of like (laughs) loads of loads of metal bands that i loved oh man yeah yeah do you remember a time when um Somebody in a band you liked um, complimented the band and you were like, what the fuck? How? What? How the fuck do you even know about my band? There's definitely been cases that I just can't remember. I mean, there's been weird, weird stuff. Like I was, 
Oh, oh fuck me. One second. I've got to, I've got to <laughs> sorry, shut this sorry. bastard out. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> uh, um, sorry about that. <laughs> He's a fucking pain in the ass. Um, I, remember, I was on holiday in America with my girlfriend at the time. We were in like Louisiana at like a plantation house as much as I know that's fucking weird, but there was a bar there. So I didn't go on the tour. I just went to the bar and the guy serving me was kind of cool. We had like tattoos like talking to me and he was like, Oh cool. What do you do? I was like, Oh, I play in a band, blah, blah, blah. What do you do? He was like, Oh, this, but my brother is a singer in devil driver. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then he, and then he was like, Des, he was like, he was like, I'll t- yeah. Yeah. And he was like, I, he was like, I'll text him and see if he's heard of you. And he texted his brother and he was like, yeah, they're fucking, the text back was like, yeah, they're fucking rad. Check out an album called Fools and Murphys Liars. <laughs> that was weird. Wow. It was well, so random. So if random. only, if like, only just, you could have got that as a video clip, right? To have, um, is his name Dez or Fez? Is someone like, I don't know. If De- I think like Dez. That. Yeah, if you could have had that as a video, you could have played that behind you as Skin Dread and won all the crowd <laughs> over. Just <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. legend. <laughs> uh, I think it might have been post Skin Dread. It might yeah, have been post Skin Dread. But that was, that was weird. A- it's mad, isn't it? I love, I fuck it. This is, this is why I love doing this podcast because yeah. we get moments like that where you could have said <laughs> any other band in the world before Devil Driver then and I would have gone, yeah, that makes sense. You said Devil Driver. <laughs> Devil That's Driver. fucking mad. Dude, like, <laughs> this, has been, this has been an ongoing thing. Me- American metal bands, have, I've always bumped into them and they fucking love us. Like we played Heavy Festival on this album cycle actually and Matty, or real bad from... These nuts was just like, bro, Falls of Eyes is the best fucking record ever. You, you're in my head, man. I was like, what the fuck? Why do you like our band? There's like weird, weird metal bands from, not weird, but like metal, but like yeah. fucking tough guy yeah, metal yeah, yeah. bands love our band for some reason. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Uh, awesome. Oh, wow. That's fucking, I love her. Yeah, I kind of wish you had the Devil Driver text just as a fucking T-shirt or something. Oh, that, was, that would have sold so was, much. Oh no! Oh, well, yeah. So long ago. I wish I fucking. <laughs> I, I should have. I can't even remember why I didn't get him to like. I obviously didn't have a camera phone, so I would have taken a yeah. photo of it. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, it's easier to do now. But God, yeah, absolutely yeah. incredible. But but speaking of all those memories and stuff as well, I think like it's it's weird for me looking back. 10 years ago to to all these records and stuff coming back because i was i was 15 at the time so like i was i I was (laughs) as literally 2011 all these records from you know death of honor blackout you were 15 i was 15 yeah all when all these were coming out it's mad isn't it how how the the fuck is he 45 now how the fuck (laughs) is he got 45 before us it's been a hard life it's been a hard life but but when you look back at that seeing it in in particular because as i said there's so many kind of huge bands in in alternative rock at that time like it must have been so cool to be a part of and, and especially now looking back and seeing that how many of you had these how the albums all come out were very similarly yeah it felt, it felt cool but it also i just always remember feeling like we weren't part of it like a lot of the other bands had like little clicks like they were like yumi six and canterbury and kids and Garth, like they were all like mates and we were just this band that just came in played a show either offended or offended people or made them love us and then fucked off again so we were never really in like a we, we were friends with some people. Like we were friends with like We're the Ocean and stuff, but they, I think, all, were already starting to like stop being a band at that point. I can't remember exactly, but we were just 
we were, I never felt, we were never really in a group of people. Cause even like our closest friends were probably young guns as we were like touring and stuff. And even they were like mates of all these American bands and stuff. And they had like a thing. Whereas we were just, we were just us. We were, the, you know what it was? I think there was no other band that drank as much as us and didn't, we, I just never met anyone that just didn't give a shit. Like we never, I don't mean that to, I'm not saying that to try and sound cool. There's nothing cool about no, yeah. it. But where we come, where we came from, we never expected to, to get past playing a village hall, you know, like, so anything we did was like a bonus. We were just like, this is fucking great. So we never, ever took it seriously. We just liked playing music and we liked drinking and having a laugh. And we just, we never took, we never had a plan. Like I remember speaking to Josh from Yumi Six years ago, like when I first met him and he was always, he always had an idea of where he wanted to be at a certain point. And I was like, mate, I'm just happy to be here now. If I'm alive in the morning, when I wake up, fucking A, I'll keep going. But I just, and that was detrimental to us, I think. We never, it never, it, it, although it was fun and like, I, sometimes I, I liked it because it made me feel a bit more like rock and roll than some of these fucking squares who, <laughs> nah, I'm joking. But <laughs> no, it's so, no, no, it, but it's so detrimental. It was, it was really detrimental because like, I just never, I never planned ahead. I never thought about any outcome other than I'm going to have a hangover tomorrow. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I was the same as you. Like I saw these people who were like, all oh, right. So in fucking within nine months now, we're going to be doing this. And I was just like, exactly. We are playing a gig next week. We've spent all our fee on lights for a laugh. That was it. <laughs> like like uh, yeah. every, every show for us was like, how can I make this as good as I can? So it's like the last show you did is the best show you ever did. Do you know what I mean? So literally the, I think the blackout was kind of very similar to you in the, the vein of, um, yeah, just not forward, forward thinking. I think that exactly. was detrimental, detrimental mm. to us in the end, like, cause we ended up <laughs> fucking hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging money on fucking production. Just so everybody, everybody there was like, Ooh, the lights were nice. And we were like, yeah, but now we can't fucking eat. Oh, we, better, <laughs> we better fucking give up. But it's, it's weird that you say that you didn't think that you, you like fitted into a group because I saw you kind of like you, you, me, a six young guns. We are the ocean, um, lower than Atlantis, uh, architects. Like I saw you as a bit of a gang. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's mad to hear from you that you didn't feel like part of that. Like, I know we, we kind of had just a Welsh scene just because we ended up coming up with those people like kids. Yeah. Lost profits, funeral for a friend or whatever. Yeah. It was just weird that you didn't see yourself as, as part of that scene. Really, yeah, I mean, to me. like we def we definitely had friends. Like I remember feeling quite, I remember feeling quite sort of like tight with Lone Atlantis back in the day because they also didn't. I mean, I think deep down they cared, but like they gave off the impression they didn't care, and they were always up for getting fucked with us. And I, I mean, it's simple as that. Who wants to stay out and get drunk with us? That was who we were friends with. And like, but and after a while, we did obviously get really close with Yumi Six, and they're good mm. friends of ours. But I'm talking like back in the day, like around this album when we first came out, there was just no, we just weren't really part of like a, I just always felt kind of on my own, but I was, I was cool with that. Like I was friends with these people. I just didn't feel like, and also probably because we didn't come from anywhere. Unit six, all of them, they all came from close to London. Like they all came from like either Surrey or Essex or whatever. It's basically London. You say you're from London. We came from fucking Norfolk. You can't, it takes like, <laughs> It's, there's one road in and out. If you get stuck behind a tractor, you could be there for three hours. Like it takes, it takes God knows how long to get in and out. It just, it's in the middle of nowhere. So we just didn't have, an, there's no one famous comes out of there. No one 
no other bands were from there. Like we just did, there wasn't a scene. So I think we came in on our own and we just felt like that was it really. (laughs) But it's good good that you show the people of fucking Norfolk that it can be done or you are the (laughs) fucking inspiration or they can get out. If they can overtake the tractor quick enough, they can get out into the world. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, Wow. Well, James, um, just a, a few more things now as we start to wind down um, with this and everything. And just one question that everyone's going to be screaming at me if I don't ask this um, to you is obviously there's a lot of uh, popularity at the moment around bands celebrating these albums with anniversary tours and everything like that. Is that being something that's crossed your mind of maybe trying to celebrate this somehow with a few live performances playing it in full or anything like that? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details uh i I don't think it's going to happen we did think about it we were going to do a live stream of the album as a part of a bunch of live streams but i don't think live streams people are starting to play shows again now so they're kind of obsolete again so i mean this might be the only celebration of that so Yeah. But no, I don't know. We th- we thought about it. We did think about it. Yeah. We talked about it. But I, I just don't think it's just I don't know. There's, like we're we're in a we're we're in a period of inactivity, and we haven't really. It would be weird to just come out of nowhere, and it might not be weird for for people that like our band. It might seem appropriate, but for us as individuals and as like humans, it would be weird to go from doing nothing to just doing that. I think so. Yeah, we just I don't know. We just nah. I don't know. I reckon you could fucking knock out a good acoustic live stream or something and just fucking have a laugh and just reminisce about the old days. You just you just go out on an acoustic guitar by yourself, some venues, and just have some stories in between. Man, like, yeah, all the fee or straight to you. <laughs> I'm keen. Can you, can you, if, you, if you can organise that. I was just about to write down twenty. I was just about to write down twenty percent booking agent. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you can have it. You can have it. We'll have a look at some venue, Sean. Let's get on there. Let's get on there. Sapnin presents. I fucking <laughs> love it. There you go. <laughs> Fuck Ooh, we are. Started something. Um but with all that as well, obviously, as you said, you've been very um quiet as of late and stuff, and I'm sure there's gonna be some things in, in the future for people to keep an eye out for. So is it just at the yeah. moment, just keep following the social media pages and then seeing and seeing what happens. Yeah, definitely keep an eye out. Like <laughs> there's definitely stuff coming. I, I've been busy, which is good. And I'm excited, but we haven't really, I mean, you'll see, just keep an eye out. 
Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to hear it. I reckon it's going to be a mix. It's going to be a mix between new metal and weird scar so you can get them fucking German fans. <laughs> to fucking Germany. big country, Germany. Yeah, you only need to be big in Germany and you've, you're fucking sorted for life. Look, so that's, All jokes aside, that is like our second best territory and we might try and make go. it our first best territory. Yeah. If, you get, wow. if you get on German radio, you're fucking... The PRS you get from that is pretty good. Nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's it then. Yeah. So the next F of Anna record... Um, is going to be in German, so that'll be interesting. Because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even know you could speak a bit of a Deutschlandish. That's wrong. Deutsch. Oh wow! Yeah. But yeah, but it's been absolute pleasure, man. Thank you so much for coming on and, and kind of looking Thank back at this record. I think a lot of people are going to be uh, very happy with some of these stories and everything. So yeah, looking forward to uh, what happens next, and I'm sure we'll have you back on pretty soon to uh yeah. to dive please, into something else please well yeah Let's this has it. been a fucking this has been a real real treat and a fucking i just i just love seeing your face to be honest so we could have done <laughs> Same this without, goes for you, we could, yeah we could have done this without sound and i did i had just been smiling all the way through but uh yeah thank you so so much for this and Absolute yeah i guess pleasure. i've never i probably never said it but thank you for the music thank you for the inspiration um, you're very welcome you're a, fuck, you're a fucking legend i'm glad no, i'm glad you're alive i'm glad you're fucking you're um, doing well, and um, I'm fucking over the moon for you, and I cannot wait for what's fucking next. So thank you very much for coming on, bud. I really thank appreciate it. Thank you very that. much. Uh, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me again, guys. Yay! Absolutely chuffed to have James on, um, to see him doing well, and, yeah, to hear all those stories. And it's 10 years, like 10 mm. Years. It doesn't feel like it if he's like no. about two. Um, <laughs> but here we are, all older and not wiser, apart from James. Um, yeah. yeah well, how do you think it makes me feel? I was literally a little kid oh, that's when, true. Yeah. <laughs> when that album yeah. came out. I remember that's everyone, mad. I remember the hype behind it and everything. But yeah, no, it's, I feel very honored him taking the time out to come on as well, because as you mentioned, Death of Honor haven't really been active as of late. They've been very quiet on social media and and just in general so for him to come on talk to us and give us the down low on a really important album to so many people and just what's going on as well is um is i appreciate it a lot so thank you james for taking the time uh he also told us some very sneaky secrets of things coming very soon so yes keep an eye out for everything and i told uh, you mean scent oh i didn't what what what? But, you're gonna yeah. laugh you're gonna cry you're gonna dance you're gonna <laughs> fucking be sad you're gonna love it yes you will whenever that comes out you'll know whatever and, uh, yeah whatever it is it could yeah, be a film whatever, whatever. Could be... I, don't, I don't know what you're on about but I can't believe he's doing porn oh <laughs> fuck's sake I've said too much I've said too much on everything going on for, for Death of Honor but I really enjoyed as well how open he was about being sober and that is such oh. an incredible thing to talk about with James if you've listened to our previous episodes with him episode 17 um there's a lot of stories about how drunken activities he'd gone up to and and things on tour buses and being stuck in a bin bag um so <laughs> you know you know like you the do the standard the standard so it's nice to see he's taking that positive change in his life as well oh it's it's absolutely means the fuck like it doesn't like it it shouldn't ma- like from his perspective Hmm. What I feel doesn't matter, but to me, <laughs> I am fucking chuffed to bits, absolutely chuffed to bits that he's fucking seven months sober now, 
Um, and yeah, because there was a time when me and I guess a lot of people around him would have thought that was fucking impossible because I remember one year, I think it was probably like 2014, 2013, 2014, we were at Red Festival. It was me, James and Josh Franceschi from Umia 6 doing an interview for Kerrang! magazine for the cover. And we sat in, uh, I think it was Umia 6's dressing room and talked for like over an hour and a half with Kerrang! And 45 minutes of it was James telling stories and we were laughing and we were like, it got to about 45 minutes in and I realised, oh, we're just laughing and all these stories are, I was drunk, it would start with, I was drunk. So, yeah, I'm glad he's fucking, I'm glad he's sober. He looks better for it. He sounds mm. better for it. Mm. And yeah, I'm just fucking, I'm just chuffed for him. So yeah, congratulations, James. Fucking keep going. If anybody else is struggling with anything like that, reach out, speak to people. Like James said, um, he's had to go to, he's gone to AA and they've helped him massively. So yeah, if you've got any problems like that and you're thinking about reaching out, do it, do it now. Do it. Come on, come on. But there's more, yeah, was, there's more support there than you know, and obviously you're not alone in these things. Just taking that step, but I'm sure it's worth it every single, well, step of the way, really. But uh, it's nice to get to do these kind of retrospect album celebration episodes as well, and hopefully we'll be doing a lot more like these in the next few months to come. Uh, obviously, we've already done episodes with the Blackout, Sean, where we revisited ooh. Hope and we revisited the best in town. Um, so you can go back and listen to that. And if you are just a fan of that time of music and the alternative UK scene from the early 2010s, we have plenty of episodes for you to dive back into from everyone from Twin Atlantic to We Are The Ocean, Kids in Glass Houses, Canterbury, You Me At Six, Funeral For A Friend. It's all there. Go and check them out or let us know some guests you would like us to talk to yes. in the near future at Sapman Pod on the Twitter and Instagram machines. Yes, um, and also, if you've enjoyed two or more episodes of this, you are um, obliged, obliged, yes, legally obliged to join our <laughs> Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash happening, because um, I've just found out off Boris Johnson, he emailed me this morning to f- say that anybody who's listened and enjoyed more than two episodes has to join our Patreon or they're going to be jailed. Now, not my words, don't shoot the messenger. That was Boris, that was Conservative MP and Prime Minister Boris Johnson saying, you have to join our Patreon. Um, so um, I'm, get- I'm surprised he found the time to send you an email considering he's falling asleep in public places all the time when he should be wearing a mask as well, but he's not. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, he wasn't sleeping. He was just looking down at his text. Oh, was he? He, was text- he was texting me saying, <laughs> look, tell the general public. Morgan, Morgan, what I'm really doing is because the people who support the Conservative government are so gullible and believe the things he actually says, right? Yeah. What, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm just putting it out now so the general public, uh, some of them, uh, you know, some of them fell for the bus lights. So I'm thinking that if I do this bit you where... I say Boris Johnson said it. They'll just do it. So, yeah, patreon.com forward slash happening. Boris Johnson said you've got to do it. Um, there's loads of stuff there behind the scenes, videos, photos. There's um, other podcasts that we've done that we've put up there rather than on our wall. Um, and you get to become part of our absolutely fucking wonderful community. So, yes, patreon.com. I've forgotten how to speak. Patreon.com forward slash happening. 
Yes, head over there. Loads of people are meeting up this weekend to go to gigs in the London. I believe they're seeing Holden Absence and Don Broco and all that. So come and join the party. Come and meet some new friends and have a great time. But while we're thanking our amazing Patreon community, there's loads of names in the description that we need to give a shout out, out for. So go over there, have a little look. And as Do always, it. Sean is going to give a mahoosive shout out on the podcast to the elite members of our Sapling Podcast Patreon community. Those of the top tiers who have we got but oh they've all gone this week <laughs> we're fucked then oh oh yeah this is literally the last podcast I think oh. um, okay yeah. well um, so patreon.com yeah so please Asap please Rocky. yeah please as quick <laughs> as you can go to patreon if you listen to this now pause this now pause this <laughs> patreon.com for us happening go sign up pause this because we haven't got any elite members right <laughs> Right, now that they're back, well, let's let's give a shout out to the elite members. This will fucking teach them. <laughs> We've just had more people sign up. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Leewaway, Janelle Caston, Armandino Barno, Mitch Perry, Dilly Grimwood, Kelly Ewan, Natasha Morris, Nathan Croshaw, Paul Hirschfield, Emma Barber, Sammy G, Tony Michael, Kat Besant, Captain Hannibal, Dana Lasnova, Jenny Robinson, Murray Grimwood, Scott Jones, Amy Campion, Johnny Phillips, Mikey McDonald's McMuffin Buns, Caroline Robinson, Chris Howard, Louis Cook, Martina McManus, Kevin Clark, Danny Eaton, Carl Pendlebury, Lydia Henderson, Craig Harris, James McNaught, Jenny Sexy Boy Munster, Jason Aredia, Lucy Diaz, John and Emma, Emily Perry, Stuart McNaught, Becky Handy, Kelly Cannon, Adam King of the Goss Parslow, Ollie Amesbury, Josh Sad News, my obese parrot died today. Mind you, it's a huge weight off my shoulders, Chris. <laughs> I like that. Okay, I like that one. That was yeah, good. That's a good one. That was Josh. Well done, Well done. Alice Wood, Katrina Robinson, Kieran Allen, Reese Bowring, Ben Evans, Kate Stevenson, Connor Lewins, and the mighty Livy Cropper. Yes. Yes. Thank you Love very much, guys. Every single person to help us continue to make these bloody podcasts. It means the absolute world. And that's patreon.com forward slash Sapman. Again, if you need another reminder to help us out. Um, before we head off, Sean, uh, I'd like to give a quick plug to this band I've been listening to lately. I was just um, about to say, before you go any further, shut the fuck up. There's a Raiders video out. That's what I was going to say. What? That's the band I've been listening to. There's oh, a video. Of for that. I thought you were going to say, for a, for a brief second, and I thought, well, he's got to be mentioning Raiders now, haven't he? Yeah. And then I started up it, and I was like, hey, maybe he's not. Maybe he's not. But yes, um, my, my new band, my latest band, Raiders, have a video out now called Animal. Um, Rock Sound premiered it the other day and wrote a lovely article on it. Please check it out. Uh, search for Raiders Band UK on YouTube, I guess, or any of that shit. And the song Animal. Um, the video's out now. If you don't like me, number one, what are you doing listening to this? Um, but <laughs> but number two, go check out the video because I get shot in it. And that's exciting, hey. isn't it? So, um, but and the guy who shoots me is a real fucking prick. <laughs> so check that out yeah who oh, the be? guy who shoots me is from a band you might remember from about 10 years ago that's all I'm going to say <laughs> check it out Raiders Animal also November the 12th um, I'm making my live comedy event debut in Cardiff because I'm doing a comedy arcade podcast live where um, so basically the premise is it's like a panel show it'll be me and four actual comedians and Vix uh, does like a bingo ball thing and then she comes out 
with a number which has a list of things and the numbers are categories to talk about so yes come on down Chap- chapter arts in cardiff november the 12th uh comedy arcade podcast should be a laugh i'm going to try my best to be funny because that's nice yeah well okay. good luck with that i'm sure you'll, sure you'll nail it Thank- um i don't have you. anything else to plug but i'll say if you want to follow me on instagram and twitter at mhrichards underscore for some reason Scum. you can don't follow it um, don't follow I pu- it. Um, i posted a photo of me in the pumpkin the other day and i look very happy so if you want a quick laugh at that i did you know what? I, I saw that the day after i don't know why he didn't come in my feed that day oh. but i remember seeing the day after going I wonder if he's mad at me for not liking it soon. Because <laughs> he beats me, guys. He beats me. He beats me when I'm... Um, if I don't like his social media posts instantly, he texts me and goes, the fuck do you think you're up to? Anyway, um, this has been episode 154 of Sapnin, featured the beautiful James Vecalodi of Death Havana. Um, it's also featured Morgan Richards and myself, Sean Smith. Um, we will see you next week. If people join the Patreon, if not, um, ta-da. Yeah, pretty much. Satman! Satman! It's a weird ascending yet. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.